Well, hello everybody. I'm Randy Jordan and welcome to our first podcast here of all the stories I will tell. I've been a uh, former teacher and former principal and public uh, relations director and motivational speaker. And this is my first podcast. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm so excited about it. I hope you'll like it. I hope you'll follow me. I hope you'll tell your friends about it. And, uh, so each week, or every ever so often at least, we'll have a, a different story to tell. All of these are true stories, okay? And the first one I'm going to read you is called, and this has made all the difference. I, I call it a tribute to Jesse. And it goes like this. Let's face it. Some things really are better now than they used to be. I was fresh out of college and uh, it was mid-year. I'd accepted my first teaching assignment and I'll be honest with you, oh, what emotions were running through my head as I walked into that classroom for the very first time at the start of the second semester back in 1967. And believe it or not, I had 32 fifth grade students. They were sitting there looking straight at me, and I remember thinking they have that same look of fear and uncertainty on their face as I do. Now, remember, it was midterm. I came in the middle of the year, and the one thing that struck me as I surveyed the room was the tremendous diversity of the students. Oh, I'm going to tell you, some of them looked really young, yet some looked almost as old as I was. Some were dressed as if they were in high church, while others were dressed almost comically with dingy colors and nothing coordinated. Well, a few of the girls had ribbons in their hair, yet others had long hair that appeared as if it had never been washed or combed. Well, as the day progressed and I began to match names in a grade book with faces, I suddenly noticed what appeared to be another adult in the room walking to the pencil sharpener. This young man had been sitting in the far back corner of the room and he hadn't spoken or participated all morning. And as long as he was seated, you didn't realize his size, but goodness, he sure was big for a fifth grader. And as I watched this lanky six foot tall student saunter around the back desk, I noticed that his jeans were too short. His shirt had been patched and long unkempt hair hung down in his face. Well, through the process of elimination, this had to be the young man that the principal had told me about when I was hired. This had to be Jesse. Well, in the days and weeks ahead, I learned a a great deal about Jesse. You see, he had just turned 16 years old and he was repeating fifth grade for the second time. He hadn't even started to school till he was seven and he had also been retained in the first grade and then he'd been retained again in the third grade. And I discovered that one reason that I was hired was because all the women teachers were afraid of him. Some talked about rumors of a knife that he always carried, and 
Others told of fights off campus with other teens. Well, I'll tell you, it didn't take long to realize that Jesse had two major problems. One, he couldn't read. And two, his self-esteem was as bad as it gets. And like any of you, I, I worked diligently with him on both of those areas. But as we know, major repairs require major investments. Oh, we met before school. We met after school. We met during lunch. But progress was ever so slow. And the material that I could find for him was of little or of no interest to him. And he frustrated easily. But he kept telling me over and over again, oh, I really do want to learn to read, Mr. Jordan. I do, but it's so hard. And then that young man would smile and he'd look at me and he'd say, but we're going to make it, aren't we? Well, I met his parents when they came to open house during public school week that spring. Here were two of the most humble, precious people I believe I'd ever met. And in their most gracious manner, they thanked me for the extra effort that I was making with their son, Jesse. Looking at me with the darkest, saddest eyes you could imagine, his father told me that neither he nor his wife could read. They spoke little English, but more than anything, they wanted their children to learn to read. Nothing was more important to them. And as they got ready to leave that evening, Jesse's mother, who never said a word, quietly reached into the little purse that she was carrying and handed me a foil-wrapped package of homemade flour tortillas. You see, this family had so very little, but they wanted to give so much. Well, the end of school came much too quickly that year. Jesse had made some progress, but oh, he still had a long way to go. I'll never forget he, he stood back until all the other kids were out of the room and gone. And then he stepped up to me, looked me right in the eye and said, Mr. J, you sure are a good teacher. And he threw those long arms of his around me and gave me a big bear hug. And I will tell you, I never forgot about Jesse after that. But in the years that followed, I heard very little about him. I did hear that he dropped out of school the following year and he went to work at a warehouse near his home. Once I ran into him at the grocery store, he was shopping and he told me about his wife and their new baby. It was obvious that family meant a great deal to this middle school dropout. Jesse was one of those students that a teacher never forgets. They are fixed in your mind just as carvings which are etched into stone. They're permanent. They don't go away. And years pass and things change. And when you're least expecting it, that one in a million chance encounter occurs 
and your life will never be the same. It was almost 30 years later. I'm in my last year of working in the public schools. I'm serving once again as principal of a brand new elementary school. It's the first day of my last year. Parents and kids and teachers are everywhere on that first day of school. It's that chaotic 30-minute period on the first morning, and I'm there in the hallway, and I look up just long enough to notice what appears to be an older-looking gentleman walking in the front door. His walk is slow, and he's uncertain where he's to go and what he's to do. And he's, he's holding the hands of little twin girls who look like they're going to their first christening. Oh, they've got brand new shiny ribbons in their hair. Their shoes are sparkling. They've got new school supplies up under their arms. You can tell by looking at them that this is an important day in their life. And you know without any doubt that it's one that they've been anticipating and preparing for and yearning for for months. Well, as I make my way toward them, I'm interrupted several times with greetings and questions. But when I do reach them, the gentleman's face breaks into a big smile and he extends his hand of greeting. Oh, Mr. Jordan, do you remember me? I'm Jesse. Jesse Sestata, do you remember me? You taught me how to read when I was in your class in fifth grade. Do you remember? Well, I told him, of course I remembered. And the other thing I want you to know is that I did not want that moment to end. I looked at him and reached into the depths of my mind for that first time I'd met Jesse almost 30 years ago. Oh, he still had the same dark hair, only now with some beginning shades of gray. Those long, slender fingers of his were rough and they were weathered. The jeans that he always wore had been traded for coveralls. But those eyes, those eyes and that trademark smile of his were the same. Jesse introduced me that morning to his granddaughters. You see, they had inherited his trademark smile too. Mr. Jordan, he said, will you, will you take care of my little granddaughters? He said, and I really want you to teach them to read like you did me. Will you do that? He pleaded. He said, I brought them today so that they could meet my teacher. Jesse, I said, don't, don't you doubt it for a moment, my friend. We'll not only teach these two precious little girls how to read. We will love them like they are our own. And with that, he smiled and he handed me their lunch boxes. And then he reached into the pockets of those big old coveralls he was wearing and pulled out a small foil-wrapped package. Tortillas, he said. My wife and I made them especially for you this morning. 
Thank you, Mr. J, for caring. Deja vu. And before either of us could even consider how it looked, we embraced. You know, sometimes a hug can literally speak volumes about how much you care for a person. Jesse told me that morning that he needed to get on to work. He told me that their mom and dad would be by that afternoon to get them and to meet me. And then he said, Mr. J, would, would you mind taking them the rest of the way? And as I walked Jesse's granddaughters to their kindergarten classroom for the very first time, I turned and nodded once more at my friend Jesse. And once again, he gave me that classic smile of his from ear to ear. You see, these two precious little girls had so much going for them, and their future had never looked brighter. Well, there's my first story for you on uh, all the stories I'll tell. I hope you'll join us again, and we'll have another one. It may be humorous, it may be heartwarming, it may be, uh, eh, I don't know, just an opinion of mine. I don't know about that. But I hope you'll join us again right here on uh, Ronnie's podcast, simply called, uh, Oh, the Stories I'll Tell. Oh, the Stories I'll Tell.